0: not here, but it was through the witness of those that had been with him, and they shared wonderful words of life, and God worked in this wonderful ways that the church really grew. Many people um, put their trust in Jesus. So, that being said, let's um, open with prayer, and we'll get, we'll get underway. Lord God, again, we thank you for this opportunity just to um, open your word. I pray that... Um, we would all um, learn of you and be spurred on from you and I pray just as you did with um, the two on the road to Emmaus and the other disciples in the upper room later on when um, you opened their minds to understand the scriptures and I pray that you would have your way here help me to share clearly the words that um, you would have to be heard and that, uh, in the name of Jesus be lifted up and Be glorified in that um, what is shared and done here today. And we give you thanks for this. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So um, this morning we're going to be um, looking at Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. So if you can begin turning there, we're going to read that in a minute. And we will see that um, this kind of a major theme throughout this passage, but also through the whole book of Acts and the rest of the New Testament is um, the Holy Spirit's work through transformed lives. And we will see how, um, you know, how was Jesus going to build his church that he mentioned in Matthew sixteen eighteen, and not have the gates of hell prevail against it. And a close look At Jesus' last words reveals how he will build his church when he was no longer on earth. Repentance and remission of sins would be preached in his name by those who had been with him after his resurrection and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that's um, a major emphasis is the uh, empowering of the Holy Spirit is how um, this will be done. So let's um, turn to Acts chapter 1. And I'll read from 1 through 11. The former trustee have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up. After that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he had showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, While they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go. So just... um, Kind of uh, um, a little backdrop leading up to this, we know that um, Luke is the author here, and I just want to turn back to the end of his gospel, Luke 24, because some of what he just shared here in the opening verses, it um, picks up from the end of chapter 24, and it's important because it sets the stage for um, what we're going to be looking into. And starting in verse 46 of Luke 24, it says, and this is Jesus speaking, and he said unto them, Thus it is written, and it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye endued with power from on high. So Jesus um, sets that up there and he says that they were going to, um, to be his witnesses. And just kind of as a overarching view of everything, verse 8 is kind of like the blueprint for how Jesus establishes his church. And we see that in that, first of all, they will receive power, power from the Holy Ghost. And they were to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the othermost parts of the earth. And when you look at the book of Acts, this again is just kind of like a quick overview of the big scope of things. Um, The first seven chapters is the witness to Jerusalem, and that was the founding and the growth of the church, and it was um, to the Jewish people in that area at the time. Chapters 8 through 12 is the witness to Judea and Samaria, when you have the conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch, and you have Paul, Saul's conversion, and then also the gospel to the Gentiles when Peter meets with Cornelius and shares at his house, and they are filled with the Holy Spirit, Um, and it branches out from there. Then chapters 13 to 28 is a witness to the ends of the earth, and that's through Paul in his missionary journeys, his trials, and journey to Rome. And Rome at the time was like the entire world. And from there, the rest of the New Testament is the epistles and all, and it's how it spread further and further and and further out. And then we come to Revelation with the return of Jesus. And I just find it very interesting that this first 11 verses is kind of like where we're at now, where Jesus ascended gave the commission, not only to his disciples, but to us to share the good news, to be his witnesses throughout all the world, and then he will be coming back, because the angel said he will come back as you saw him go, and that's what we're still waiting on and looking forward to, so it's just interesting that that right there kind of, you know, Jesus laid out, and that's happening, Um, but today we're just going to look at um, some of the events that transpired right there in Jerusalem in the first couple of chapters. Um, and it's through the disciples that we're going to see through the um, uh, resurrection and how it affected their lives that God was able to, um, to use them. So a couple of things, just um, uh, quickly, uh, some of the results, immediate results was that um, Jesus had to ascend to heaven. He was resurrected. He had to ascend to heaven. And he tells them in um, John 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So Jesus departs and sends um, the, the Holy Spirit. And in a glimpse we see um, disciples lives were changed Peter for one we see that in um, Luke 22 54 he's denying Jesus now we're going to see in Acts 2 where he gives his first sermon that um, he's bold bold and courageous so his life was definitely you know transformed other disciples they went from sadness to joy we know that from um, observing the um, two on the road to Emmaus. They were sad, dejected, but then after they had supper with Jesus, they were exceedingly joyful and they kind of hurried up and ran back to Jerusalem. Mind you now, they were at least seven miles away and it had already been a full day for them, but they were so excited and changed that they wanted to go back and and, um, confirm with the other disciples as well of, of what they observed. And... People um, that were 50 days earlier calling out, crucify him, crucify him, they were being saved from their sins. And we'll see that too. And then with Paul, um, Paul shared many words and as he went out. A couple of things I just want to share from Paul as to um, his impact was for, I, he says in 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And Philippians 3, 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead." And as we get into this, to one thing, uh, several passages here that really uh, solidify that with the resurrection of Jesus, that God gave his stamp of approval that Jesus is who he said he was, and God accepted his payment for our sins, and that's made very clear in um, Acts 10, this is when Peter was going to be talking to um, Cornelius, the people at his house. I just want to share this because towards the end you'll see where it says, you know, God, God approved of this. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, He is lord of all that word i say you know which was published throughout all judea and began from galilee after the baptism which john preached how god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for god was with him and we are witnesses all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem whom they slew and hanged on the tree him God raised up the third day and showed him openly not to all the people but unto witnesses chosen before of God even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead and he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God, to be the judge of quick and dead. To him give all the prophets witness, and through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remissions of sins. So with that, what they're going to be giving witness to is what God, by raising Jesus from the tomb, from the dead, is proving that he is the only one by which we can be saved. So Jesus um, kind of established the base of his witnesses, and we see a few examples because what it says right there in the beginning of Acts when it said that um, in verse 3, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days, and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom. An example of that is in Luke Twenty four thirty six. It says, and as thus, as they thus spoke, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And also in John twenty nineteen, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were, where were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst, and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And also John twenty twenty six, And after eight days, again, his disciples were with him and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. And we also know that there are other examples of when they were out fishing. He was on the shore and they saw him then. And then he also met with the um, 500 when they went to galilee so jesus has his base of witnesses and that's when he said you when you receive power from the holy ghost you will be my witnesses so they clearly saw him and spent time with him and now jesus was going to send them out that they were going to be the ones that began um sharing the good news um And he had mentioned Jesus had given him also, you know, a command, do not depart from Jerusalem and wait for God's promise of the Holy Spirit. And that was in John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I had said to you. So, um, now as they're waiting... They're waiting. They're um, they're all gathered together. This was um, from when Jesus ascended to um, when Jesus said, "Wait until um, he sends the Holy Spirit." They're all together, and and one of the things that it says they constantly were doing were praying together, and they needed to, according to Scripture, replace Judas. So one of the things they were doing is they. They were um, they're praying together, they selected two people, they asked for God's guidance as to selecting the proper one, and they prayed over that, and God led them to select uh, Matthias. And just a, a, a side note, I can't help but think that, you know, us as a body of believers here, we're in transition, we're calling out, we're praying for um New Under Shepherd, a pastor, that we should, you know, take this as an example. We need to continuously meet together, be of one accord, and be praying for God's leading to um, bring the right man here to um, to shepherd this flock. So, just want to encourage us that that's something we want to keep in front of us to be um, praying diligently for. And I just want to just quickly just. Um, hit on a couple of key words that um, are very important through this and and what the disciples would be doing and again just the idea of witnesses Um, a witness is one who has information or knowledge of something and hence one who can give information, bring to light or confirm something in particular in the New Testament um, with the plural being witnesses and that's of um, those who announce the facts of the gospel and tell its tidings, and that's what Jesus wanted them to be doing, right, the forgiveness of sins um, and the remission of sins. Also, the word repent, we'll see that numerous times, and that's a major um, aspect of um, the beginning of the church here and what um, God has going on and that's from two different words one is um, denoting change of place or condition and the other is to exercise the mind think comprehend to repent is to change the mind relent kind of turn direction and um, it involves regret or sorrow accompanied by a true change of heart toward God so in a religious sense implying pious sorrow for our unbelief and sin, and turning from them to God in the gospel of Christ, right, and that's that's the major emphasis of of not just turning to anything or just turning away and not stop doing whatever bad things you're doing, but the idea is to turn to God, to repent, come to him for um, salvation, and we see Jesus saying that in Luke 13, verse 3 and 5, and that was the time where they questioned him about those that were killed by Pilate. And Jesus responded said, well, you know, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. And also the tower that fell on those 18 and they, they died, you know, he said, well, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. So it's very important, the emphasis on repenting, getting our hearts right and turning to God. And um, we see as a result of the resurrection and those that interacted with Jesus, that that's... Um, that's what happens. And also the word power, we, we, we hear that, you know, you'll be endowed with power. And that's just by way of reminder is um, to be able, um, especially achieving power as empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the idea being that what God has for them to be doing, they're not going to do in their natural strength. They're going to be empowered. They're going to be able by the power of the Holy Spirit to do what God has for them to do. So just as um, a couple of verses to share as far as how this is an effect that um, they were truly Jesus' witnesses um, and how that changed with the people they were interacting with. And Acts 2.32 is when Peter was um, sharing with the crowd there just after Pentecost. Uh, He says, This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. And Acts 3.15, he says, And killed the prince of life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And also Acts 4.33, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. And Acts 5.32 and we are His witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey. So, um, with that being said, uh, we're going to look at um, Peter's uh, first first sermon. This was the day of after the um, at the day of Pentecost, and that was fifty days after. The resurrection, and they were celebrating um, an Old Testament feast. So, therefore, that's why there are um, all the different Jews in Jerusalem at that time, because um, it was an uh, annual feast that they were they were celebrating. So, um, many of the same people that were there for the Passover celebration are still there, or or came back. But they're the ones that are in, are in these crowds, and. Um, when the um, the Holy Spirit came on the believers, that's when they were sharing the good news. That was when uh, they were empowered with the, the speak in tongues. So everyone from all these different backgrounds were hearing and preached the good news and hearing the message in their own language. So some of them, uh, some of the people that were there were moved by that, but others thought... That, it was some kind of a joke, and began mocking it and saying, "Oh, they're just all oh, a bunch of drunks right now." And then Peter steps up and says, "No, no." Um, and that's when he gave um, his, his sermon to them, And part of that sermon I just would read is in Acts 2 37 and 38, he says, "Now, when they heard this, and that was you know, his sharing what he did with them, they were pricked in their heart. And said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's exactly what Jesus told them that they were to share, um, to repent and have the remission of their sins. And um, so Peter had laid it out just before those verses I just shared he had laid it out of that the one that they had crucified was God's Messiah so God moved in their heart from what they had heard because the powerful witness of those that were with Jesus after he was raised and, and through the power of the Holy Spirit convicted them so they call out and say what must we do Peter says, you know, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus to the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Then in the next chapter, we see um, the example of the lame beggar that is healed. And uh, with him uh, you know, calling out to Peter, and, and Peter says, you know, I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have, I give to you. And uh, he, he was healed of um, his infirmities, and he gets up, was leaping and jumping for joy. He follows them into the temple. Um, and just on a side note, that example of that beggar, um, let, me just, um, let me just read that. That's uh, chapter 3, uh, verse 6 and 7. It says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Then it goes on to say that he was rejoicing and goes into the temple with them and is rejoicing. And just to point out that, you know, we should be that joyful and thankful for the salvation that we have, and and getting together in the temple, being excited about what God has done for us. Um, So that, again, that was um, uh, something that, you know, as a response from um, receiving salvation. Then along with that, as we, um, we move from that, that's when, um, the, the, that man rejoicing so much being in the temple, um, the people began coming to, you know, looking at Peter and John as if they're the ones that had that power to heal them, and Peter has to, again, bring this, bring this right to the forefront. It's not them. It's the power of God, and he gives, um, um, a word to them which I just want to share with you as as far as it's just a, you know very important again showing the boldness of Peter and the power that God has to change lives and Acts chapter 3 verse 12 and when Peter saw it he answered unto the people ye men of Israel why marvel ye at this or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk. The God of Abraham, of Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of life, whom God hath raised from the dead Whereof we are witnesses, and his name through faith in his name has made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I want that through ignorance ye did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets... That Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye thee for, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever ye shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear the prophet shall be destroyed from among you, the people. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, As many as have spoken have likewise foretold of these days ye are the children of the prophets and the covenant which God made with our fathers saying unto Abraham and in thy seed shall all kindreds of the earth be blessed unto you first God having raised up his son Jesus sent him to bless you and turning away every one of you from his iniquities so again, we see, you know, a boldness of Peter and telling them that it's God that did this, and you need to um, repent and be baptized and, and turn your heart to Jesus. And we see that in the next chapter, we're not going to go there right now, but um, the beginning of the chapter is when the um, uh, um, leaders come, the Sadducees and others, and they, they kind of gather them and want to take them off to question them. But it says, um, howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. So again, God was really, um, really working. And I just want to share something as we look at um, how Jesus called those immediate disciples to be his witnesses. And Peter, through boldness, shared. But I find it interesting. To note some of the way that in which he just gave these words to the crowd is very similar to like him giving his own testimony in that he denied Jesus and he was truly sorrowful and repentful and Jesus restored him, gave him you know forgiveness, and then um, uh, and he was refreshed. And restored. And I think it's interesting that, you know, as he gave this message, he was saying to them, you know, you, you denied him. You, you know, you, you denied him. And then, um, but, you, you know, you and your leaders did it out of ignorance or so whatever Peter's reason, whether they fearful or whatnot, but he still had his reason. But um, Jesus restored Peter and the same message is given to them. If they repent, they can have fellowship with God. I just thought that was kind of interesting to see that parallel there, that that was um, Peter's basically his own testimony in that that's what happened with him. And um, many souls were were added um, to the church, as I just read. And that's a, a kind of a, a lead into as to, Us nowadays being witnesses we have our own story what God has done in our lives and we should be willing to to share and the idea of what we have seen and heard you know what has God been doing in our lives how has he changed us God can use that in a way to bring others into the kingdom and um, so I think that's um, a, a takeaway that we can we can have here So just a a few thoughts as um, I bring this around and um, close out with the idea, you know, being that it's the Holy Spirit that's working through transformed lives, which was um, building the church, how Jesus was going to do that when he wasn't here, being through the Holy Spirit in the lives of those that were impacted and that were his witnesses, and we are His witnesses also, when we've trusted Jesus, were to to share that. And a few examples as to how the Holy Spirit was working and the results of that um, to see um, how God was causing the church to grow. In Acts 2.47, it says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. In Acts 6, 7, and the word of God increased and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. So even there, um, through the testimony of those, those that were also leading and causing them to cry out, crucify him. Now, 50 days or more later, some of them have really um, put their trust in Jesus. Acts nine thirty one. then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied Acts 12:24 but the word of God grew and multiplied Acts 16:5 and so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily and Acts 19:20 so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So we just see that um, you know how the Holy Spirit was um, was working through this, as Jesus had said to them, "You will be my witnesses um, for the, um, to repent and the remission of sins." So again, just uh, like to just um, some things we can think about. I always like to say, "You know, so so what? What does this mean?" Are we just learning about. Some facts and some things that happen. You know, um, what difference has the resurrection made in your life? You know, are you experiencing the joy of having your sins forgiven and having fellowship with other believers, as the uh, the layman did? Or are you like those that mock Christianity and think all oh, this Jesus stuff is just for a bunch of crazy people? like those that were there in the, the crowd that day. Perhaps you're like the lame man. And that's kind of um, an illustration of us, uh, for those that are, are lost. You know, He was born lame. All of us are born sinners. He could not walk. Sinners can't walk with God to please God. He was outside the temple and sinners are outside the church. He was begging And sinners are begging, looking for satisfaction, you know, and we have, we have the answers for that just like Peter and John did. And, you know, will you receive the free gift of salvation that God offers? Well, maybe you're like those in the crowd that have denied Jesus out of ignorance or some other reason. Will you repent and have your sins blotted out and enjoy times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord? Possibly you were, Peter was, denied Jesus and have been out of fellowship with him. Why not follow Peter's example? Repent, ask forgiveness, and let God impart his resurrection power in your life to be his witness of all that you have seen and heard from God. So I just uh, encourage us to um, think about some of the results of the resurrection that was right there in the early church in Jerusalem and how God used them as powerful witnesses and what results of the resurrection of Jesus being raised from the dead are affecting our lives and how we can be um, witnesses for Jesus where we are. So I would just like you to be thinking about that this week and reflect on that and pray that... um, we would be empowered by God's spirit just like he did on the, the, the early believers there that we can make a difference for God in this area but it's through power of the Holy Spirit working through us and we want to uh, not hinder that in any way so let's uh, close Lord God we do thank you again for your word and uh, the example of uh, those that were with you right after your resurrection has spent time with you that um, they are um, real witnesses that you did rise from the dead that the tomb is empty and it verifies that you accepted um, Jesus payment for our penalty for for our sins we give you thanks for that I pray that um, we would reflect on this and that as we meditate on these thoughts and others throughout this week that you would open up our minds to the understanding of your word just like you did uh, with those in the upper room and the the two others walking. We know, God, that you can do that when we earnestly call out to you and that is our heart's desire. I pray that you would have your way in our lives and that you would um, bring opportunities that we can be used of you. I pray that we'd be faithful stewards of the good news that you have given us. I pray it's now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right larry's gonna come with a few more songs